And we're going to do something a little bit different this morning as we continue our series on what the gospel is and different ways to tell it. Uh, my favorite way to tell the gospel is to tell it as a story. Uh, people love stories, and a good story has a way of getting inside of you and, and speaking to your heart. One way to tell the gospel story is to tell the parable of the prodigal son, or as I like to call it, the parable of the seeking father that we, we heard this morning and we're going to be thinking more about this morning. It's a parable that Jesus told, and um, it's not a hard story to tell. You don't have to memorize it word for word. Once you know the basic storyline, it's pretty easy to tell. Uh, So we're going to tell that story this morning, and the way we're going to do it is we're going to share with you an experiment that some of us have been trying out this past two months. And uh, we've been we've been going through the story of the Bible, not digging into all the details, but but trying to hit the main points uh, and see how it all ties together as one big story. Um, and the way we've we've been doing this um, is, is by hearing the story told out loud and then discussing it together, discussing what we heard. Um, now, I didn't invite everyone in the congregation to participate in this because I'd never done it before and I wanted to see how it went first with a smaller group of people. So a smaller group of people, we got together, we tried this, and I think most of us agree it went quite well. Um, and we'll probably do it again in the future and several of the people along the way learned how to do it. So maybe they'll, they'll be able to lead groups like this. Um, but I thought this morning we'd give you a taste of uh, how this works and what it's like. And um, everyone in the group felt that the parable of the prodigal son was actually a great story to share with you. So it it fits well with our our theme this morning. So to start, there are a few ground rules that I want to go over with you because while we're going to demonstrate this for you, and uh, those of us who have been involved are sitting in the front couple rows here, and maybe Mike, you can come up. And is there anyone else hiding in the back that can, can come? Yeah, Randy, you guys are in the front row. Um, and guys, there's a couple mics here, so as you share, grab a mic so that everyone can, can hear you well. Um, so once you, once you sort of see what's going on here, we're going to invite the rest of the congregation. I'll invite you a little bit later to, to participate as well. You'll need to stand up and speak loudly and uh, sort of raise your hand so I can notice you and, and uh, let you join in. Um, so the ground rules. One is that this is a story experience, not a class. So we invite you to put away books and pencils and papers and just to listen. Uh, If you need something to do with your hands, then sketch or doodle a scene from the story. Um, Now, why we do this out loud without Bibles or or anything to read is this. There's, There's a couple reasons. One reason is that more and more people these days prefer not to read when they don't have to. Uh, They find reading a struggle, um, and and they'd rather, when they have a choice, they'd rather listen and and discuss. Another reason is because when we read and we study and we analyze a text, we tend to use the left side of our brain, which, if you know anything about left brain, right brain, is the, the intellectual, analytical, logical side. But when we listen to a story, our right brain engages as well, and that's the imaginative, creative, affective side. So the idea is to get the whole, our whole self engaged in this, and a story can help us do that. Um, so those are a couple of the reasons for the first ground rule, which is to listen and to discuss. The second one is that this isn't about showing off how much we know or trying to get the right answers. 
it's, um, it's about we want everyone to feel safe with, and uh, feel free to share whatever you really think about the story. Uh, so I'm not going to correct you, tell you your insight is wrong, um, and I hope you won't do that for each other. Uh, but third, there's one exception to that, and that is that the focus of this time is on the story, not on our personal opinions. We're entitled to our personal opinions, um, but I'm always going to point us back to the story. Wh- whether we wind up ultimately deciding we agree with the story or not, we want to seek, uh, we want to see, and we want to understand what the story actually has to say. So we're going to answer from the story, not from other stuff that we know. And when we do this together over 10 weeks, the, uh, and we go through the whole biblical story, the way we do it is the ground rule is you can always go back in the story to what we've heard in previous weeks, but you can't jump ahead in the story to something that we haven't heard together as a group. And the reason is that this approach is, is um, designed to work with people at all levels of, of spiritual background. And so everyone um, has different levels of knowledge, and we want to make it in, an engaging experience for everyone, and so we stick to what we all know and what we've all heard together. So that's the reason for that ground rule. So uh, that's pretty simple. It's an oral experience. Um, you're entitled to share your perspective on it, but yet we're going to focus on what we heard in the story and not bring in other um, content, other religious content. So we're going to get started, um, and afterwards I'd love to hear what you think. Um, I thought I'd actually start before we hear the story by sharing something that happened last night when we got to hear the pastor sing in a different way. Uh, we sang a song called Barton Hollow, and as you listen to this story that this song tells, um, think about why the singer does not want to go back to Barton Hollow. This will relate to our story. So I'm a dead man walking here. But that's the least of all my fears, ooh, underneath the water. It's not Alabama clay that gives my trembling hands away. Please forgive me, Father. Ain't going back to Barton Hollow. Devil going to follow me ere I go. Won't do me no good washing in the river. Can't no preacher man save my soul. Did that full moon force my hand or that unmarked hundred grand? Ooh, underneath the water. Please forgive me, Father. Miles and miles in my bare feet. Still can't lay me down to sleep. If I die before I wake, I know the Lord my soul won't take. I'm a dead man walking here. I'm a dead man walking here. Keep walking and running and running for miles. Keep walking and running and running for miles. Ain't going back to Barton Hollow. Devil going to follow me ere I go. Won't do me no good washing in the river. Can't no preacher man save my soul. So, group, we'll start with you guys. Grab a microphone. Um, why doesn't he want to go back to Barton Hollow? What do you, what do you think? This is a warm-up to the, to the story. So they, they didn't know I was going to do this because I <laughs> just thought of it this morning. So what do you guys think? Why doesn't he want to go back to, Bar- back to Barton Hollow? Grab a mic, someone. All right, you think you... Okay, other thoughts? Sounds like it wouldn't do him any good. (laughs) Wouldn't do him any good. Right. (laughs) Anyone else? Okay, what what kind of death? What happened at Barton Hollow? 
Okay, you think he robbed a bank? I think he sounds like he did something worse than that, and the people there wouldn't. The blue mic, can we make sure that's. The blue one's not working? Rats. All right. Oh, it's okay. All right, go ahead, Mike. Uh, it sounds like he did something worse than that, and the people there wouldn't really accept him. At, what what he did he do? Well, it sounds like he killed somebody. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 And how does he feel about it now? He feels like there's no hope for him. Uh, he's hopeless. Yeah. Shame, I, I think. Shame as well? Okay. Uh, what, what does he think? Um, uh, what's his view of God? Or religion. Okay, nothing will say. I'm repeating what they say just to make sure you guys can hear it. Normally I try not to do that, but nothing will save his soul. Once you do something wrong, that's it. You're done. Okay. Yeah. God won't accept him for what he has done. Yeah. Right. Um, so here, here's a question for all of us. Uh, you don't have to answer this out loud, but just to think about. Is is there a part of your life that you feel God can't forgive you for, like this guy feels? Um, or maybe you can't forgive yourself for? So think about that as we now hear the story of the seeking father. Donna's going to share the first part of it, and we'll hear the story, and then we'll talk about it. Jesus told them another parable about a father and his sons. There was once a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, I want my inheritance right now. Give me what's coming to me. So the father divided the property between the sons. It wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and self-indulgent, he wasted everything he had on partying and prostitutes. After he had gone through all his money, he ended up homeless and hungry. He got a job with a farmer who assigned him to his fields to feed the pigs. He was so hungry, he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop, but no one would give him any. That brought him to his senses. He said, all those farm hands working for my father sit down to three meals a day, and here I am starving to death. I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. He got right up and went home to his father. When he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His heart pounding, he ran out, embraced him, and kissed him. The son started his speech. Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to the servants, quick, bring the best robe and dress him. 
put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a grain-fed heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here. It is like he was dead and now he's alive. He was lost, but now he is found. And they began to have a wonderful time. All right, thanks. So um, why doesn't the father punish the son? He's just so glad to have him back. Mm. He loves him, it's his son. <laughs> Other thoughts? He's an enabler. (laughs) Say a little more about that. (laughs) Well, he did things wrong. He shouldn't have just, like, taken him back in. Okay. I mean, he could just go out and do it again. Yeah, if he went out and done... Well, well, maybe maybe we'll, we'll, you know, file that away as we get to know what this father is like. What do you think the father would have done if he the son had gone out and done it again? That's an interesting question. We won't answer that yet. Maybe we'll, we'll come back to it. But Any other thoughts on uh, why the father doesn't punish the son? Mike? He's senile. He's senile. <laughs> We're having a little trouble with the father here. <laughs> the way he handles his family affairs. Okay. Well, his son did come back and say, like, um, you know, I don't deserve to be your son. So, I mean... He's showing, like, you know, he's asking for mercy, but at the same time, he doesn't believe that he deserves it. Yeah. Does the father think he deserves mercy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jillian and then um, Joe. He doesn't come back and say, I've run out of the tax to be more. That's true. Uh huh. Joe? He saw how much his son had already suffered, and he couldn't see adding more sorrow to him than he mm. already experienced. Mm. Okay, yeah, so he, he had been longing and waiting and hoping and praying that his son would come back. And how could you punish the answer to your prayers, the thing you wanted most? Okay, uh, why does he put, and everyone can join in, but again, raise your hand just so I can notice you. Um, why does he put the family ring on the son's finger? Yeah, Evelyn? Okay, so to remind him that he's not just a servant, he's part of the family now. And Elfie, you were going to... Same thing. Yeah. And Barbara? And to show others that he was part of the family again, that he was accepted back in. Okay, so he's going public with this. Yeah. Anybody else? Jillian? To show that he's totally back, not on the terms that the son thought. Okay, so he's... Yeah, so he's not just a servant, he's fully back in the family. All right, um, what are they celebrating? Uh, The the son did nothing but sin, and, and so does he deserve forgiveness in the celebration? 
Donna, what do you think? I think he does. You think he does? Okay, uh, Peter? No. No? He doesn't deserve it. <laughs> Anne? All right, so he doesn't deserve it, but God gives it to him as grace and mercy anyway. Other thoughts? I'm not sure. Yeah, Liz? I think that um, they're celebrating that he saw, he, he saw that he did wrong, and he's willing to change, and he wants to change, and he's, he's there to ask for another chance. Okay, celebrating the fact that he wants to change and come back. Okay, uh, Virginia? I'm not sure it's up to us to say whether he deserves forgiveness or not. I, I think part of the point here is that the father is acting in a way befitting God and that he's letting God handle it and he's welcoming his son back, his own family and flesh and blood. And I think he's saying it's really not for me to judge what you did and make an assessment. It's not my job. Okay, so, so Virginia's saying that Maybe it's not our job to say if he deserves it, but she sees in the Father uh, something, of, something of God and what, the way God handles the situation. And uh, in the back. So there's no like, okay, let me see what his attitude is. He's just, he sees him coming and that's it. That's good enough for him. When the son says this little short little thing that he had prepared to tell him, the father doesn't even respond to that. He just, he doesn't even respond to his son. He talks to the servants. He says, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, blah, blah, blah. So it's, he's not even listening to that. All right, so good insight. The father runs toward the son to embrace him before the son says anything. Yeah. And uh, it's, he seems not to be listening to the son's speech. He's, yeah. Um, so we kind of already touched on this, but who, who does the father remind you of? <laughs> God. <laughs> Anyone want to elaborate on that? <laughs> Our Father who art in heaven. I don't remember that in the story. <laughs> I do this to them all the time. Yeah, that's I've heard that somewhere before. Um, okay, what, what would happen to your life if you were saved in this way, the way the Son has been saved from the life he was leading? Any thoughts on that? I was. You were. Okay, so it had an impact on your life? Cool. Cool. Yeah, in the back? The same, and I didn't understand why someone like that would forgive me of everything just because. Like, I didn't have to pay for that. So it was very baffling to me. So it's baffling to be given that kind of grace that you didn't have to deserve or pay for. It's not the way the world works, is it? 
Do you think the Barton Hollow guy needed to know this kind of God? Yes. Yeah. South Carolina guy, too. South Carolina guy, too. Mm. Anyone else? Um, what would happen to your life if you were saved in this way? Pat. So baffling, you don't know what to do. Yeah. I think of the word humble. We feel humbled by the something. Why? Why me? Maybe having trouble accepting it. Okay, trouble accepting it, feeling humbled. Look what I did, and look what you did. Yeah. Okay, it might, you might want to take steps not to fall back into that path. So given what we know about the Father, and I'll, then I'll get to Shantae back there. Um, given what we know about the Father, had the Son gone and done it again, and then come back, how do you think the Father would have responded? Yeah? Okay, so as a parent, you may take steps to prevent your child from hurting themselves again, but you keep forgiving, keep welcoming. Yeah, David. Okay, so we have opportunities every day, maybe in smaller ways than this extreme situation, to, did you, uh, did you say to receive grace or to give grace or both? Both. Both. Okay, good, good insight. And Shantae, do you still want to share what you were going to say? Okay, so if if the situation happened again, it would make you want to know how to respond to the like the father. No, it made me want to learn how. If if the father acted that way towards me, it would make me want to learn how to be like the father. Okay, if if you if the father if if the father acted to you like that, it would make you want to know how to have that heart and respond that way for others. And. Okay, so where was that in the story? <laughs> I know, it's annoying. I feel like a bad guy when I have to do that. And, but, yeah, but the way we, reason we do that is because some people are like, huh? And then they feel like, oh, everyone knows more than me. And so, but good, good point if you heard what she said. Sue.
Okay. So, yeah, that's picking up on what Morgan had said before, that the father wasn't waiting for the son to dot his I's and cross his T's and apologize properly. The son made a move back toward him, and that was all the father need to, needed to shower grace on him. And we find that hard to do. Does that sort of summarize? Yeah. yeah. And I saw a couple hands over here. Yeah, John. The, the Barton Hollow guy, um, we don't know what he did. And, and might have been petty compared to the prodigal son. And um, the shame is that no matter what it was, he was afraid to walk back. So the shame was that the Barton Hollow guy was afraid, didn't think he could walk back. His view of the father was was different. Yeah. Um, yeah, David. Evelyn, okay, first. I had a cute thing happen to me once when I was teaching Bible clubs. And are we sitting or standing? Sitting. Sitting, okay. Um, I had a cute thing happen to me once when I was teaching Bible club in uh, college. I told them the story about the unjust, about the, uh, about the man who, um, you know, old, I don't know. I didn't hear that in the story. Okay, so the son's coming back is a sign of repentance. The father didn't go that we know of and search for the son, but he was all attentive for the moment that the son came back. Uh, last comment, Barbara. So the son had a certain, um, a cert enough of a sense that the father might be merciful that he was willing to come back. Yes. Yeah. All right. It's easy. Last comment. Sorry. I, I'm sorry to the door now comment, but, you know, as I'm reflecting, I think that we're, not to be accusatory, but I think that we're suffering from a little bit of group think because we're so focused on the father and the prodigal son, but it seems as if the other son has faded in the backdrop. And I find myself identifying a little bit more with that other son. Um, and, and so, Hope, what do you have to say to us in, 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 in being better Christians? Um, and if we, if we find ourselves identifying with, with, with the other son who was always there, who was always loyal. Um, so, so Azizi is reminding us that when the, the scripture was read earlier, there was the second son. And we didn't hear about the second son when Donna read the story. And he's reminding us about the second son and saying he identifies with the second son. And we were going to listen to the rest of the story, um, but we're about out of time. So I guess the question is, 
Uh, do we want to briefly take a look at the second story, or do you want to go home and read it yourself? No, we're here. Uh, you know what? Because, because the VBS meeting needs to start at 11, and we want time to have coffee, we're, there were two more parts to this, and time flies when we're having fun. So we're going to close it right there, and you can go home and think about the rest of the story, um, but thank you for participating, and I'd love to hear what you thought about this.